going to the coach saying, hey, want to play on the power play um, in the Stanley Cup finals? Yeah, you're just not ready for it. As a center. Yeah. I'm just asking you to host and kind of steer the ship here. Okay. So you Episode want me to do my everyone, job and your job. Everyone has a role. Everyone has a role. He's the only one that was really dialed into that Kevin Adams interview yesterday. He's going to have to uh, steer the basically ship. break it all down for us. There yeah, you. that's fine. And we can dissect what what we can. You know what we can. You know what we'll be able to tell. We'll be able to tell how well Craig plays telephone. What he relays. How how well he. How accurate relay. it comes across. How well does the message come from up top? Well, you know first I mean? first I want you to know, Geo, that Andrew Peters did listen to the um, Kevin Adams interview. Also, he was in studio, which is what I you know which what what I like. You know, a GM taking the time to drive down to uh, a radio station and sit in in person. I thought that was pretty, pretty awesome. And uh, just like what he had to say. So, so what's calm. his, so in in your mind, I mean, out of the whole thing, like, what did you what, take from what the plan is? Just questions that you would, uh, you would want answers to. And um, okay, wh- wh- so you know, I don't think like Kevin, Kevin is so, he's so good at speaking. He's so good at not giving you the answer that you want or you're looking for or you're you're wanting some meat on the bone. But so are he's you. Very good at stick handling his way. Um and 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 giving you an answer that kind of like at the end of it, you're you're satisfied, but somewhat didn't get down to the meat and potatoes, like, hey, are you going to get toughness next year? No, I think our guy really stood up for each other and we played a really tough brand of hockey at the end of the year and at the end of it you're like okay good answer okay. a lot of moving on but back a lot of pushback yeah a lot of pushback the, the guys gave listen i mean there's there's i i think that kevin and his staff you know um kevin spoke about at the end of the year as the gm speaking with all of the different levels of hockey in the organization, whether it's through Don Granado, one-on-one discussions with Don Granado, all the coach, all the coaching staff individually, the players individually, just like we used to do, but going way beyond that, talking individually to, you know, whether it's the 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 training staff, whether it's the medical staff, whether it's um, the analytics department, whether it's the scouting department, he had interviews with with individuals, not a group, individuals to allow. I think should there be group meetings um, too? Um, I would imagine there's going to be group. I I would hundred thousand percent understand that there is going to be group meetings. Okay, you're like Kevin's going to have a meeting with the entire scouting staff. He is going to have meetings with the entire medical staff, training staff. But this comes down to Kevin going deeper than that and wanting to have individual conversations. So maybe he can gather and understand uh, and acquire more information because, because you're one-on-one. Fair enough. Yeah. Cause some, some people don't speak in large groups. Geo, I have a question. Geo, it sounds like you were about to say something, but I have a question for you before you say that. And at risk of you not saying anything for the first 20 minutes of the show, what should the Sabres plan be? Well, I don't, like, everyone puts, it it was kind of the comment I was going to say, right? Like, a GM 
by the end of the year, a dialed-in GM, which Kevin is, he knows what's going on. He knows what the issues are. He knows the positives. I think what and why you do the end of the year meetings and 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 individual meetings is to make sure you have the right pulse, to make sure that there's no surprises that you're kind of left shaking your head at like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Like I thought I was on top of things. So I don't think it's groundbreaking stuff that has gone on over the last couple of weeks in the offices, right? Like I don't think there's, I think he's got a pretty good handle of where they are, what they want to do and what they want to be. <laughs> and I would say he's had that from the start too, right? Like he's had it from day one, what he's wanted to do. And he's had the luxury to, to continue to implement that plan. What they need is, is no secret. It's been talked about is they need to be a little better in the D zone. They need to lock down games. They need to be less run and gun. So now you need to add some pieces that are going to do that. A D-man um, that if a Samuelson gets hurt can carry a load and, and help an the a, team win. Not an A, an E. What? Not a D-man, D-men. Oh. Oh. Meaning more than uh, one. I'm just, well, okay. Well, you can, right? well, um, you need, you need, uh, you're, you're not going to come in and change out six guys, right? So you need a, a potentially, ideally, you'd like a 1B starting goalie-ish. You know I mean? If I were to say to you that they need to change out five players, five new players into the lineup next year, would I be completely out of my mind saying that? I, I would. I, I don't know that you're out of your mind, but I wouldn't. I would be very cautious of doing that. Um, I say a D-man, a goalie, and you're going to mix a, a, a forward or two in. Changeover. So you're at I th- three, I three think, to five, I guess you could say. You I don't mean? think but you need a goalie, boys. The The reason you need a – if you want to be and, – and I was wrong in the sense that I didn't know that if Levi would be ready, and it's still unproven whether he's going to be ready for the grind of a – 82. But you're going to give him a chance. You're, you're going to give, give him a chance. If he comes in, yes, if he comes in got in the job shape and he, he is dialed in come training camp, he is there. He's a 1A, 1B. You're going to split. He's going to – now, I, I, UPL, can he be the split guy with him? I'm talking Eric Comrie. Craig, I think you're, I think you're off base here. No, no, no. I'm not even oh. gonna I listen, I'm not even gonna argue that. I think I think Comrie is a very, very solid goaltender. I think he I think he his season maybe didn't go the way he wanted it. Okay. I think, and I'm gonna say the only reason now here just let me back up before I answer this. Five guys, I said, guys, I'm talking about two forwards. Okay, two forwards might be changed for next year's team. Two forwards, two defensemen. Change it, it, just new bodies. It can be within the organization. Um, are you saying? Are you saying all five are coming from outside the organization? I will say a possible. I, I listen. 
you know the minor team better than I do, Gio. Um, is is Yari Kulich ready for an NHL position right now? I don't think he is. That's my opinion. If people are hoping and thinking that Yari Kulich is going to make this team next year, then I don't think this team is getting is getting better. I think they're kind of almost staying the same because Yari Kulich is going to need one or two years to really get his mojo going before he starts to take off. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for um for an example. Is that, is that offset Ken by Murray, is that Ken offset Murray, by the growth of Krebs or Quinn next year? So the I, steps that those guys make now Coolidge is able to step into the role that they kind of had. We have uh, we have our clear top six guys. And when I say clear top six guys, I'm putting J.J. Paterka and Jack Quinn in a top six with Cousin. Whether, whether that changes a little bit, you still have six insanely offensive players. Now you throw in Casey Middlestat. I am not, I'm not going to trade Casey Middlestat. He is not going anywhere. He is not going anywhere. I'm going to say that. Now, Victor Olsen is coming out of the lineup. I'm not putting Yari Kulich in. I'm not putting uh, uh, Matthew Savoy in. They are not coming into this lineup. You need a certain type of hockey player. They are if you can't. They are if you can't go and get guys. If you can't convince guys to come here as free agents or afford them, I'm sorry, but it's true. A hundred percent. That's a risk you have, and that's. And I think that comes back to where we started heaven is very calculated on how he talks about what he wants right so if he goes out and says i want toughness i want this i want that and he can't get it for some reason and he's left using those guys from the minors he's asking all the he's answering all these questions now thought you were going to get and then you have to explain that well you know it's tough for us as an organization over the years and and drop all the excuses Because now it just looks like you're not a destination. It's a lot different than if Chris Drury or someone in Toronto or or in some big market says, we're going after toughness and we're going to go hard. Everybody who's a free agent so can I, or, can or, I, or unhappy with their team is going to say, I want to go there. I want to ask a Buffalo question. Buffalo is, is getting better as closer to being a place people will come to. So so you're you talking in, in order to get your free free agents here, you have to be in the playoffs. Yes. Like yes. Like okay, no I'm not even talking I'm not even talking about bringing in free agents. Maybe you might have to really do You got to make a hockey trade or, or trades. You, I'm talking trades even, Craig. But you but again, I will say this. If Olofsson is moved out something is going to be coming back that we want, might really, really like. If Victor Olofsson goes out, you might be going out with a first-round draft pick and Victor Olofsson to bring in a significant piece. And I don't know what that is. I'm just saying hypothetically. Zemgis Gergensen has been an absolute monster for this team for many, 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 many years. Longest standing Buffalo Sabres. He, Buffalo Sabre, he has been very, 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 very good. I said this to you before. I think PD agrees that I think Zemgis Gergensen might be in a situation that you might want to look for something a little bit different, give something, uh, uh, someone a fresh start. And what I mean by that is you brought this up when I, when you, when I said five pieces that are going to change, you said, well, is it, is it through 
free agency or is this with from within? And my, my question is geo asked that for clarification. Yes. Yes. You asked that yeah. and uh, geo. And, and my thing is, and, and you know, this, you know, this um young group more than anything, Yari Coolidge that's playing down there, Isaac Rosen. There's a lot of really good hockey players down there. My question to you is 24 year old Brett Murray. Okay. Brett Murray down in the minors and maybe you can give us a little insight more geo um we're looking at a big big man that that it's may it's may 4th and we're talking about brett murray on the sabers after a kevin adams interview like are you fucking kidding me because we're no offense to brett murray no offense to brett murray but it's like I'm saying I think that's if your... we're talking about if we're talking about bringing in a a certain style of player, um, is Brett Murray a player that you can insert into this lineup, play on your fourth line, a guy that can play big, play physical in 71 games in the minors this year. He had 23 goals and 49 points. He's not going to have the role that he had down there. Right. So, yes, he's he's. He's certainly the one question mark, and I like him as a player. But he I think did, he, did he, I think he adds the a lot. wheels off some kid this year? Yeah, I, I think he adds a lot to the team, right? So I I could see where that comes into play. I don't know that it is your first choice in the sense that I don't think that you're sitting on it today, like Petey says, May 4th, saying, hey, this is our guy. I think if he you don't has get to be a the, last if you don't resort. get the, if you don't get the pieces you want yes. come free agency trade you 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 ideally a role like that you're going to want an established NHL guy. Now, he certainly can fill that role. He certainly can play that way. Cuz I don't know that his pace of play at that at this next level he's going to be able to continue to be effective night in and night out. Mm-hmm. And if he's your, you know, your, your 13th forward in and out and you, you're inserting them in certain games, then maybe that's the, the, where it may fit. And I, like you, it's a way more diplomatic way than I put it. I think it's a, I think he's a really good player. I think he's really effective. I think he can help the team, but I don't know that that's the first choice. If he makes the team out of training camp because, because, because the Sabres were unable to land a guy or two that maybe they were hoping to land in free agency or trade. Notice how I worded that. I didn't say fail to get, I said are unable to get then Brett Murray might have to be a choice where you put him in a position to tell him what his role is going to be. And what are you looking for on the, and then you ask, you ask the question, Craig, you asked the question to Gio about, can you tell me why you need an established NHL or I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, because I'm not so sure, and I know they only see them twice a year, but players like this, and you're going to say there aren't many of them, but I'm not so sure that a Milan Lucic and lines up beside a Brett Murray and Brett Murray doesn't doesn't second-guess himself, or a Tom Wilson, or a Keegan Colasar for that matter. I, I, I or, don't think it's, I don't, PD, I don't think it's Murray second-guessing himself as much as other teams falling in line like, like you, you've lived the world, right, Petey? But, like, a lot of it is, holy shit, Andrew Peters is over there. I better keep my shit in order tonight. Otherwise, he's going to get out of hand. Murray's going to have to establish that reputation around the league 
for guys to you know, so I'm not even talking alluded, fighting. I'm talking I, I, about going out there and running yeah. somebody over, running over a skilled player on the ice that's on the ice, a defenseman for that team, knowing that Keegan Colasar or Tom Wilson or Milan Lucic is on the ice and and he has to be ready to fight. Like that's that's kind of like the way I had to play. Like, I know that the guy's yeah. on the other side. I know he's over there. So when I go and run this guy, fucking turn around and make sure that he's not on you right away. That you have time. Is he is he comfortable in doing that? In uh, doing that? <laughs> I deal? don't know. I don't know. And that's where I think Petey's saying an established NHLer is confident within himself right now to yeah. go and play his game, knowing. That there may be things that well, he how has do you to do. how do you become a confident NHLer? This this guy's twenty four years old right now. He just I, went and scored twenty three goals in the minors and almost fifty points. He is a physical. He's a big man. He's a big man. He's six five, two hundred and thirty six pounds. Big doesn't mean my anything. question I'm is sorry. Big doesn't mean anything. Listen, when he got called up last year, he played nineteen games. He had two goals, six points, twenty three penalty minutes. I mean. He's a big man. If you if you bring him in and say, "Listen, we're, your your job description is is to come and play on this team and play big. Make our team bigger. You can skate, you can shoot, you've got really good skills for a big man. He's got really really good skills for a very big man. Yeah. You do not want a plug on the fourth line. Those guys are gone. They're done. They're over. 100%. But can Murray, who's got great skills, who's got the ability to score, can he add an element on your fourth line with his six foot five, 236 pound frame that is not afraid to go and fight what? Everybody. Guys in the league? Absolutely. And you know what? If he were smart and he heard this, he would call Kevin Adams and say, You don't need to go and shop anywhere. I'll fucking fight anybody. And I'll. And Ke- but Kevin said it in his interview. Fighting is still a small part of the game, and it's a small it, part of the game. It is a but small you want part of the guys game. that are willing to do it, not and guys that are all fighters. It comes down to that's not all it comes down to. This guy has the size to be a super heavyweight in the NHL back in yeah. in the early nineties. Yes, literally has the size to go against all the heavyweights. It's it's not even so much training. It's not even so much strength because I don't question his strength at all. It's. The willingness. Is where he trying is, to be a Dustin Penner is, or is he trying to make it as a Michael Rupp? Like you have to kind of decide which, great, which one is he trying great to be. point with Mike Rupp. Mike Rupp skated well. He was super physical. He was not a huge point producer. He was a ninth overall pick in the NHL draft. Role. He understood his role. He was drafted twice, by the way. First rounder went, in the OHL, first rounder in the NHL. But then he went back yeah. in and got, he was first round to what, Islanders? First round, ninth overall of the Islanders in my and year. And then, then he went then he went back into the draft. Did the second not, round was that was that his second time back in? No, no, he was when he got his, that's when he got picked up by Jersey because I yeah. played with him in New Jersey. So he got dra- he he somehow entered the draft another time. Because he didn't sign his entry level deal. That's what happens when you college guys would never have to would never need to know that rule. But so what happens like, is if ultimately back then, when you were drafted, you went back to junior for two years and you had yeah. until that June first to sign your entry level deal or you were going back in the draft. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And then he went back in third Redraft. round. Yeah. yeah. Third round. And yeah. maybe and, and maybe at that time, Gio, maybe what happened is they draft a player. Um, you can't come to a contract agreement because of the signing bonus and things like that, you know, and the team just says, no, we're not, we're not doing that. And it's 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 almost like a game of chicken, right? 
And then yeah. Rupp says, screw it. I'm not signing the yeah. deal. I'm going back yeah. in the draft. Boom, shock a lot, goes back in the draft and uh, and things work out for him, right? Yeah, so, for sure. But I'm asking, you know, going back to Brett Murray, I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not saying that he's the guy. I'm just saying when we're talking about making changes, we're talking about two changes maybe on the forward line, two changes maybe on defense to s- solidify that back end in a big way, one top four defenseman that needs to be had. And, and, and then when it comes to the goaltender ice, I'm thinking about a player, maybe a, but I, I'm, I'm kind of in, 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 I'm kind of in the, in, in the mindset, like, I don't think that we need to go out and get a goaltender. I'm, I would be super, super okay. If we had Uka Pekka and Devin Levi playing beside each other next year, I don't think I would have any problem whatsoever with those two players playing. And I don't I know that I would have a problem, but it's a, it's a risk. It's a risk. It's a gamble. It's it a risk. It is a risk and a gamble. But you know what? Here's the thing. Is it a risk to have J.J. Paterka up there at 20 years old? Was that a risk? Is it a that's risk? Not a, have, that's not, not this year. Not this year it wasn't. That's not nearly the risk of a goaltender. I know. I, I'm just saying. Goaltender is the highest risk. Yeah. B-men are behind that. And then Ford, you can bury a Ford. You can hide a Ford. I, I understand that. But, you know, in, in, the, in the philosophy of Kevin Adams, I just feel bad that Uka Pekalukanen, who is now getting his shot, okay, to play in this league, is not behind a veteran goaltender, or maybe he was with Anderson, but to give this guy a chance, like he's super young. He's 24 years old. He's super young as a goaltender. I think this what is he going to be but like this when, is he's, the, when he's 26, 27, 28? Listen, I feel bad. Fine. Like, I get it. But, like, why do you feel bad for him? Like, he's got to, at some point, grab his freaking chance and run with it. He's had opportunities to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so now Levi's there. That's what happens. You get drafted, you're with a team, and you don't take advantage of your chance. Well, there's the next draft of guys, and then the next draft of guys, and then there's free agent guys coming in. Like, there, it is a constant battle daily to earn your spot. What are you doing on defense? I, I think you need – you got your puck moving. You got your high-end skill. I think you, I mean, I don't know who the guys are yet, but you need a guy that influences a game like a Samuelson does. You need a guy that helps you uh, cut plays in the D zone. And so you're not spending um, extended zone time in your D zone. You want plays cut off early. So now you can get to your bread and butter, your team and get it up to your, your, your forward skill and allow them to go. So you need somebody that can play much like him that is going to influence the team in a way that doesn't show up on a scoreboard or you don't even notice at times that just kind of is out there doing his thing. And you're like, shit, we're playing good today. We're getting a ton of chances. That's not always the Dalin guy. That's not always the Tuck in Thompson or Skinner, that's the guy that cuts the play early in the D zone, and now those guys are fresh going down the other end. You don't notice it. He just squeezes them off, pokes the puck to the winger, and it goes the other way. But that's the reason why you're getting chances at the other end. And you don't notice him, but he's just as 
important as a, a Darlene or guys like that. That's Sweet. the type of D man that I would look for that can cut plays, that can keep you out of your D zone, and that can defend when you have a lead from your high scoring, high offense team. Gio, you said hockey trade, right? You said Sabres need to make possibly also you might have to make a hockey trade. So let let me do this and you guys Craig, you tell me if you think this is relevant to do or not, but I want to do a Sabres trade or no trade list. I'm just going to go through the players and you guys are going to tell me yes or no to enhance your team for, for different pieces that fill roles. Okay. For me, it's going to be hard because there's a lot of scenarios that come into it, but yes. Well, so we'll go ahead and break game. it down. Go ahead. And break no, what, it down. I'm, what I'm saying is you got your no trade guys that are, aren't going anywhere. The guys okay. that are your guys. So then, and then you have a group that is basically an untouchable, but, but in the right scenario, I'm willing to part ways if you get the right pieces coming back. And then you got the guys that are very good for you and you could move them or you can use them and they're serviceable. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of, I don't think there's anyone on this team that needs, 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 needs to go. You know what I'm saying? Like if that. Well, no, there are players that need to go just due to circumstance of types yeah. of players that you have and what yes. you need to yes. go and try to acquire. Yes. But but it's not like they're where, not capable where they, of playing in the NHL. Where they fall in the team structure of the, the Sabres right now. Like, All right. like we're, we're being says, too nice. Olsen. Just pack your shit, as uh, Commodore would say, and get the another fuck former, out of Another former devil teammate. Okay, Jeff Skinner. I'm going from cap friendly from salaries. He's not going anywhere. Craig. Uh, he's he's top not line. Going Top line. Oposo. He's free agent. Uh, Tuck. Not going, not going anywhere. anywhere. Olafson. Trade. Definitely 100% gone. Uh, like 100%. Like I would be, he's, he's tradable. He scored 27 goals last year. He's a really good hockey player. He's not the current fit for this hockey team right now. And he's a hell of a hockey player. But he's not the right fit for this hockey team to get better moving forward. We need a different style of player, and he's 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 a big trade piece. I'm sure he I'm sure he's all right with that. Uh, Jordan Greenway just got here. Casey Middlestad, not going anywhere. Nope. Zemgus Gergensen's free agent. Tyson Jost, he's a free agent, but he's an RFA. I don't think he. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think if he gets traded, it's a a, a piece that secondary piece so is he he needs a contract he's a restricted free agent i think that he is going to be um i think they liked what they saw out of him i think he actually got better from when he got here to the end of the season well he got games and he got time to get into a rhythm yes, he, he did good. yes he did yes i would still hold on him until the end I would hold on him because there's no, there's no. What, what do you, what do you consider the end? Like his um, UFA years? Or are you talking I think the end of the summer? Like the end what, of the like summer coming into training camp. Yes, the end of the summer. I think you want things. What's he to play at? Out. I think he's just a qualifying he's, offer. He's is a he not? two million. He he made two million dollars, and I think um, right now you want to see because there's on the in the fourth line players. There is going up? to be like you have Zemgus Gergensen made two point two. You have Jost who made two million dollars. There are going to be a lot of players. They're going to be a diamond dozen type players 
that are in that category that teams are are basically throwing into the big pot. And I think you're going to be able to pick from players that oh, are man. in that give category him a chance that to could play. be a lot less. Get you 40, 45 I think he's good. I, I, I really do. I think I mean I think he's, he's just a qualified. He's gonna be a fourth line guy at, at, at the very best. Well they can move up and down. If injuries that happen, might be able to move can, to a third you can, line. You can, if you can you're insert injured. him. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't think you're looking to get rid of him. Okay. No, I, I'm, I'm not saying no. that I want to get rid of him. I'm not saying, I'm saying that there's that. no there's no urgency in signing him because I think first yeah. of all you own his rights. I, I I think you just give him his his qualifying offer. He's going to take that right and be done with it. You got go from there. You got your depth forward. You got your security forward. They can move up and down in your lineup. Your bottom six, center I mean, or wing too. Yeah, center yeah, or like, wing. I, I that's the typical or that's the like that's the guy that. You just don't spend time with. You got a locked in price, and you know what I mean. You know what you're getting. But he like was waiver. Pi- he was waiver pickup, correct? He waiver? Yes. yes. Yeah, he was a waiver pickup. So you, I mean, you don't have. I any, still think you got. I, th- I you still think you got to sit on it and hold. You don't have any assets tied into him. All I'm saying is there's no there's no urgency to get him signed because yeah, I, I think there's going to be ten other players exactly like Tyson Jost. You it's go, you go, you go and figure out your, where everyone else is going to fall as far as contract number. And you say to him, listen, we love you, but we might need you at this number. We might need you. You know what I mean? A million and a half or. Yes. We might need that's exactly what I am talking you about. You know what I'm saying? That, that may be. No, there's no sense in just signing him yeah, to yeah, $2 yeah. million when you, when the market, like Zemgus Gergensen ended you up signing he would a three take year deal for 2.2. You don't think he would take a $1.5 million deal right now? Kevin Adams called him and said, that is the case, Andrew, then I would be signing him. That's okay. And the old saying, the old saying is, Oh, it's just 500 grand. 500 grand goes a long, a long way when it's 500 grand on a, on a fourth line guy who could be, but, but here's the kicker though. This guy gets an opportunity. If Casey Middlestad got hurt and he had to go play third line center. I think this guy is, I think he will definitely fill that void. He's a bit of a Swiss army knife. He's not going to be as dynamic left wing. He can play center on your third line. He can play fourth line center. He can kill. He's a, he's going to kill penalties. Like he's, he's, he's a good hockey player. I'm just saying there's no urgency to get him signed because he's going to be there. Really noted. Uh, UFA. He'll probably be gone. Tage Thompson. No cousins. No Krebs. Krebs falls into that category that if you get a massive haul back or you seriously improve your team, that's a guy that maybe is that piece, but I like him for your team. I he's I don't want to say he's untradeable now, but it would take a lot for me to trade him. The right move it would take to trade yeah. him. Yeah. I think I think Peyton Krebs is 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 one of those super young players that, um, you know, awesome. What's awesome about Peyton Krebs is he, he's a kid that came out of the Western Hockey League. He he was a first round draft pick. He was a point producing guy, and once he got to the NHL, he had he had to make a change in his game and play a different style. He was playing, you know, between um, Okposo and 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 Gergensen, playing maybe a little bit 
different style than maybe what he's used to put in positions to kill penalties, things like that. His game evolved. I think he had a really nice year. I think he used this year really, really well to mature as a hockey player. I don't think that we've seen his ceiling at all offensively. I think he has a lot more to give. And you don't quite know what you're going to get from him in two, three, four years from now. But I think he is also a piece that could be a tradable piece to improve your roster. But that being said, I wouldn't be looking to trade him. No, if the right if the right thing comes your way and that's a piece you got to part with, then you're thinking hard. But you're not. He's not on my look to get rid of list. Quinn and Paterka put them in the same category. Yeah, I think they're staying. Quinn is Quinn is a hundred thousand percent uh, no go. Um, Paterka, I would put in a category that you'd have to knock my socks off with a trade to allow to to let him go. But I would put him on in a category of if he's going to acquire me a piece that is just holy shit balls, then I would be entertaining moving a, a JJ Paterka because you have to understand that we have Yari Kulich coming up in the pipeline. You have a Matt Savoy. You have you know um, an Isaac Rosen. Uh, you know the, you have well, players. Just so you guys line. are aware, Gio, I don't did you answer on Quinn and Paterka? Because I said I said I'm not trading them. Okay, so just so you guys are aware, we're basically looking at the exact same forward group next year. But like your hard decisions and your hard decisions are what do you do with Gergensen and Oki? You know what I mean? That's I I don't that that's where I say the five is a little aggressive, you know what I mean? Because I think those two help your team. And so if they're coming back, I'm okay with that. I think your main need is possibly a goaltender and a D. Like that's your very first focus. And then you're going to fine tune your forward group. So if we're all bringing everybody back, we're bringing everybody back, which, you know, the forward line were, the forward line was sick. They were unbelievable. Third or fourth most goals in the National Hockey League. The problem is defensively. Okay. And, and, and defending well, I think by solidifying the goaltending each and every night is going to be, is going to be a factor. It's going to help. I think you need to change the defense core. Not all of them. There's staples on this team that are going to be here for the next 10 years. There's no, no question, but we do not have a top four. We have a top three. We need a top four. Yoki Haru is a hell of a defenseman. He's a very, very, very good defenseman. My thing is, are there better suited players for our roster here in Buffalo? That's, that's all I'm saying. You know, um, I don't think our third pair this, this year helped enough. I don't think they played the style that we're going to need to be successful each and every night. I, I don't know that it's fair to put it all on the D. I think the forward group has to defend better as well. Just, throwing it I out wasn't there. E- because, I wasn't even going to get there. Gio. Because I, because I mentioned it saying that we needed D that could, that could defend and keep it out of our own end. Yeah. I, I, that is also the maturity of some of those young guys being able to recognize defensive spots that they're vulnerable. It also means puck management at times. You saw the Bruins, it hurt them in the, 
playoffs this year. You know, like your high-powered offense and you're making plays all the time. There's certain times that you got to be able to make the responsible, easy, simple play that is not flashy and you're just like, I'm sitting on this two, three-goal lead. So I'm not just putting it on the D. I just wanted that noted. And and certainly when you when you have a goal bad goals against average, it is not from goaltending. It's not just from defense playing defense. It's it's not just the it's collectively. It's it's your system in which you play. It's understanding danger areas on the ice. It's defending the best teams in the league defend by committee. It's not just having one of the you can't put Patrice Bergeron on a on a bad defending hockey team and think that he's going to change the goals against average because he's okay. only one of four. You need to defend by committee. You need to be on the same page. You need to understand how you defend. So you don't have to think about it. It's just natural. And there were so many breakdowns this year from a very young hockey team, very young hockey team and a very offensive hockey team. Sometimes when you get super offensive players, they lack defensive awareness. Okay. Well, this and is, I think yeah, that happened sure. with, with this team. And if they want to make the playoffs, they have they have things. If they can clean up a few things, not change anything, just clean up a few things. This is going to be a playoff hockey team, without question. And I, I think this is this is the one of the biggest challenges of coaching, right? Like you have this super ultra young talented team. You don't want to overcoach them on the defensive details too soon, where they're losing their confidence. And you're not allowing them to be super creative and be the players that you want and know they can be. So now it's not like an immediate break. Like it's not an immediate break of habits, right? Like you got to slowly implement it. So they keep their confidence. They feel like they can play the way they want to play, but you're slowly tweaking it and they don't even know it because you don't want to bust down their confidence, this young group. Right. And so I think, that is part of what Donnie has done. He's had young teams. He's had, he's developed guys. He's so he understands the, I don't want to, the confidence piece. He understands the letting them play piece, but also slowly building in how to play and how to, how to improve your game. Right. And so I think that naturally will continue to happen next year for some of these guys that have had these defensive breakdowns, you'll start to see some improvement there too. So it, it's know that as a coach, you can't just sit there and hammer these guys. And I think that's where a guy that a coach that isn't considered a great developer, a great coach for young guys, that's what happens is he's so hard on them that they start to lose second guess. And then they stop moving their feet and they don't understand. They, they, they get caught in between, and so now they're just in no man's land. So a, a good a coach that is known to be a good developer, I think, lets them be the player they are, but continues to use them as a project and teach them those little things here and there. Okay, so it's not all on the D then. Um, so let's just let's finish the defense conversation here. How many new defensemen are we getting? Because it, it just sounds like, listen, I know guys are going to take strides, and they're going to have better seasons automatically. Quinn, Paterka, Power, okay? Those are automatics that you expect from guys going into their second year. Are we also banking heavily 
on your Thompson Tuck Skinner guys to have career years again? I, but you don't need them to have career years. You don't need them to have 100 points every year. You need them to win games. They're a game yeah. away from the playoffs. Well, look you know at what I'm saying? So like, at, you don't need everyone to have a career year every year. You know what I mean? You need them to be very good, good to very good. And you need that middle core to continue to improve. And if you improve on some of those defensive things, you don't need to score more goals. You just need to win games. That's the league. You need to win games. And they weren't far off. So let's not like, you know, the 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 stride of improvement, the you need you need Krabs to come in and have a career year on top of Tuck and on top of Thompson. Look on at, top look of at the Kraken right now. Be, like you don't need them to all have career years. Look at the Kraken. The Kraken made the playoffs this year. Got a hundred points this year. Their leading scorer had 70 points. I said this before. Tage Thompson had 94 points. Jeff Skinner had, what, 78? Uh, Tuck had 75. I don't even know. Darlene had 73. We had three players that were over 70 points and didn't make the playoffs. You have the Kraken who make the playoffs, who get 100 points, and they're leading point producer had 70 points it is not just about scoring we don't need tage thompson to put up 94 points every year to make the playoffs we have there has to be they have to produce offense and stop having to win games six five start winning some games three two start understanding how to defend and still have that ability to score goals because they're so offensive that it, it it's so impressive that there's going to be nights where they're going to beat teams seven to two, but be and understand how to play defense. And like Gio said, the hard thing about that is not stifling their chemistry and their, and their pizzazz on the offensive side of the puck and trying to teach them how to play defense and, and play it well. But I believe that this team there's not a lot of changes to happen to this team. The team just with maturity alone is going to be a better hockey team next year. So then what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not putting the spotlight on anyone, but I'm just trying to, are you saying that a lot of this comes down to coaching? No, 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 no. <laughs> I think it's just natural maturity of it. Like okay. it's, it's, I'm not, it, I, I think Don is doing a hell of a job. He's done a hell of a job talking about like to, to, to really tighten this up. No, I don't, I don't know. It's a natural progression. Like, like, I don't think the players, the young players in New Jersey just figured it out. I think a lot of that is Lindy Ruff. But but Lindy Ruff, Lindy Ruff is not the Lindy Ruff. Lindy Ruff is not the Lindy Ruff that he was on Thomas Vanek right now. Well, okay, but I bet you he's, you know still, he's like, still trying to get them to buy into the same type of system. Taking an offensive player and, and trying to get them to buy into a, uh, uh, you know, committing to the other side of the rink while not stifling them when they're going the other way and they cross the red line and the blue line and they're in the offensive zone. I'm talking about we all played for, you played for Lindy, right, Gio? No. Oh, you were, you were here after him. Yeah. Just, I, I just, 
I know what I believe I I know maybe in a bit of a different manner with the way the games play, but I believe I know the message he's trying to relay to these young, talented players. Take last night out of the equation. I think he's done a tremendous job getting these players to to play a certain style of hockey, and I think a lot of it comes down. This is this is not an indictment on Don Granado. He's had a young team. He's had them that this is the next layer of his success as a coach is going to be getting these young players to play that that way. It makes it easy to do that when your captain and your leader of the team and Nico Heischer plays both ends of the ice and plays it very well. Not only is he a power play guy, first line power play guy, he's also your first line penalty kill guy. He is a Selkie nominee. Yeah. And he, and he plays, he plays great, great defensive hockey. It's not just, he, he understands that, and he's getting paid a lot of money, 7.5 or whatever he's getting paid right now. He's getting paid that money, not just to go out there and produce points every single uh, time he's on the ice. It's about playing the right way. It's about winning hockey games. Ultimately, that these guys, Tage Thompson is going to get paid $7.1 million next year, $7.2 million next year. And it's not just to go out there and score another 40-plus goal season, put up 90-plus points. It's about winning hockey games. I'm going to tell you right now, if, if the Sabres made the playoffs and Tage Thompson had 65 points and 25 goals and they made the playoffs, I think they'd be happy with that over Tage Thompson getting 90 points and 40 goals. So it's not about just about points. It's about playing the right way. It's about being up two goals in the third period and defending and playing the right way, getting pucks deep, sending guys with pressure, but being on the right side of the puck to defend well and and, and understand that. And these young guys on, on Buffalo, um, we talked about this a few times, Petey, throughout the year, how you know, there is Paterka and Quinn ended up getting messed up in the defensive zone where they're on the wrong sides and they're not taking the right guys and they're switching up top. And then all of a sudden it's like, what the hell are they doing? They need to learn. They need to learn how to play the game a little bit more. And one of the big lessons is failure, right? Like you learn through failing. You learn by. That's right. You have to fail in order to learn. Yep. Brian, I have a question for you. Yes. My guess is the answer is yes. Did your wife come down in a <laughs> tight Carolina Hurricanes shirt today? Nope. Nope. It's all devils in this house, bud. Is it? I think, okay. Uh, I think my, my oldest son was basically depressive state after the Bruins had lost out. And now he's full, full devil mode. We've changed allegiances in this household. Well, don't you always last, have a, last team, last team remaining. So of, of ones that you played for. Yeah. Don't yeah. you always have like a, a, a long standing loyalty to them because you won a cup there or because Lou's not there and everyone's kind of gone. Bruder's still there in some capacity, but yeah, because for the most part, everyone's gone. It doesn't have the same feel for it or what? Oh, for sure. It doesn't have the same feel. The further out you get from it, it certainly does not have the same feel, but, um, and and listen, there's nobody there really, but you do have right, like you have that shared that shared thing. You won a cup there. You were there for eight years, so it's you you do for sure. 
And I think how you, do you do- feel when it, you go into this, like when you have, let's just say hypothetically, you had Buffalo and you had Montreal and you had New Jersey and Boston in the playoffs. Who are you cheering for? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I think ultimately when I look back at all four teams, right? Like won a cup with New Jersey. So like that is the memory there. But I think Montreal was like my sweet spot in my career where like you're, I don't want to say top of the game because I point wise, it was not that, but that was like, I want to say my team, right? Like it was, it was the group that you were. Did a bigger like, role on. Bigger well, role, was, bigger role in straight. the sense that like you were like, it's Montreal. You were a captain and all of us came in and like we had. Hey, it was PK uh, Let's just get something straight. <laughs> you were just the captain of the team, P- Dude, PK. I can press PK's the leave. I can press the leave button on the Zoom real quick. That's how you lose <laughs> me. Um, so that like that felt like more my team, right? Like New Jersey, I grew up with and had success, but it was like Scott Stevens and Niedermeyer and Brodeur and and Langenbrunner. It was I don't want to say it was their team, but like that was the. In in reality, it was like my Montreal years that it felt like that was like the prime of my career. I was playing good hockey. It was it felt like you influenced the team a ton? And then Buffalo was like the project years, right? Like you tried to like the things that you've learned over your career. You you tried to like pass on and, and change and, and try to help an organization make steps. And then Boston, I was just there for a short time, trying to trying to win one last time. You know what I mean? So like when I look back on the four teams, Montreal was like the heartbeat of it. You grew up in New Jersey heartbeat and then project and then trying to win. I can, I can see why you don't really have a, have that feeling for Jersey and your, I mean, you only scored one goal in the playoffs that year. You won the cup. Fuck. (laughs) 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 I did. It was what, a hell hey, of a goal. It was a hell of a goal. Tell too. me about it. I want to hear about it. Really? It was the worst goal you could possibly imagine. What series was it in? Game one of round one or what? No, buddy. Sh- it, <laughs> game five of the Stanley Cup finals, buddy. I think What's I had no way. Yeah, I had one in, I think I had three point night, game five at home against Anaheim. And then they took Ducks. Out. What do you mean they took me out? You played all the games. I played oh, all okay. the games. I played all the games. Whoa, 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 Craig. No, so you um, played all those games with only one goal. Yeah, we were we were a John trap, Madden playing the trap. Pandolfo. Yeah. We were the checking line, so we yeah, were wow. not. You scored forty nine snipes, and you were on a checking line. Not the year I. Not the not. I started there. Like riff, I started riff. my career. Forty eight. Oh, so you learned way. how to play defense before you started to score. Yeah, goals I was. A, it, it was like when you were talking about. I think it was Krebs earlier, right? Like. Goal score, like record setting at BC. I had to find a way to stay on an established Stanley Cup winning New Jersey Devil team. Well, John that, Madden was a legendary offensive player. That was not that was not going to be knocking off Arnott and Sakura and Eliash at the time. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was not taking a, a scoring role from a, a Newendike who was a 500 goal NHL guy. Like at the time of my career, it was. Hey, this is the role I need. I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability, and then the offensive side came. Then you were power play. Then you were. You know what's amazing about that checking line? 
all three of you played in college and all three of you had 60 points in a season in college. Yeah. That so, just goes to show you what kind of players were playing on a fucking checking line in New Jersey. And Jay Pandelfo was an incredible checking line player. And John Madden, arguably one of the best checking line players in the history of the game. Well, that's where people go wrong, right? Like your role was a checking line, which meant how we played in New Jersey meant you went against the studs on the other team. Like you were at home and you had last change and the top dogs came out. You were going over the boards and you were, you, you were not expected to get scored on. You wanted to shut them down. And if you scored, holy shit, that changed the tide of games. You know what I mean? Like we, we didn't, we weren't handcuffed. We couldn't not play offense. It was just, listen, your first and foremost is shut these guys down. Don't allow them to score. So going back to my goal, I was on probably the hash mark on the board. Maybe not. Might even be lower, like by the goal line. Throwing a pass cross crease to one of those guys, like from the corner. Hit off two Anaheim Ducks. So it got tipped, went up in the air, and one of the guys tried to knock it out of the air at like the near post. Jaguar had already pushed across for the pass. He knocked it into his own net. You know what I mean? Out of the air. Like... How great did you feel about that? Oh my God, bud. Like it was. They don't say how, eh? They don't say how. I made up for it with the assist I had in that game. Like I had two assists. And you're talking game five. Well, it sounds like you really want to tell us about those just by the way you said that. So why don't you go ahead? All I'm saying is like, hey, you just play hard. You put your fucking nose to the grindstone and things will happen for you. I had a diving assist to Jamie Langenbrunner who put it home. Diving. Pull out, lay out, push it back to him, snipe. Look it up, YouTube. Wait. Can New Jersey beat the Carolina Hurricanes? Absolutely, they can. Okay. Uh, I did not see Vegas beating the Oilers last night. Just throw that out there. I mean. Man, it's in Vegas. Vegas is the number one team in the Western Conference. You know, it's not surprising at all. I think that's going to be a battle right to the end. I hope it's a seven game series and or a seven game series. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, how about, how about another four goal game? Can we, can we talk about Dry having 11 goals and it's game one of the second round? Well, uh, thank God the Oilers have Dry because they have nobody else on their team. 11 goals, first game of round two. What's the record? 17, 18, 19? I don't know. That'd be it's gotta be Gretzky, I, right? No, it's not. I don't th- I don't think it is. I thought it was like Is it one of those guys like Gretzky, Lemieux, like one of those I, th- I thought it was Joe Sackick. Ooh, that's a sneaky uh, good call most... right there. Reggie Leach, nineteen, oh, Yari Re- Curry, nineteen, Joe Sackick, eighteen. Oh, Joe Sackick, eighteen. Ooh. Got Fire. eleven snipes already. Yeah. Eleven. 99 Reggie Leach. It's hard to believe, eh? Gretzky didn't have more than... He could have 20 games still left to play. Yeah, he could have three, though. Yeah, good point. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) He could could have three. They could lose out and get swept here, and he could still be... He could still set the record in the second round. Yeah, leading score for the the playoffs. Jesus. Well, thank God they drafted him. Glad the Sabres left him for the Oilers. (laughs) How about Newsy Lalonde? Ten games played in the playoffs. He had 17 goals. 
Newsy Lalonde. What year was that? Montreal Canadiens, 1918. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Old Newsy. Just yeah, that's when I used to roll a couple, always. just two, two, two snipes a game <laughs> like it's nothing. Coming in, I'm going to snipe two. All right, Toronto, Florida, Geo. Toronto, Florida. Let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, I got Florida just because of I just just because of the first game. Van Wagoner, nice job. Van Wagoner, just because of the rivalry with the Maple Leafs over the years. Florida. There's one person solely responsible for this team's climb out of the depths of hell into the second round. One person. Chuck? Which one? Father? Keith. When he called out the team, called them soft. Big Walt. Yeah, Big Walt called out the entire team. Like, who does that? Who does that? And 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 if you remember, like literally the next game, they went out and crashed and banged and like I think Matthew ended up had a big the... game and they they yeah. killed a good team. I think it might have even been Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. So throw his name on the cup. Okay. And what's the other series I'm missing? Dallas. Seattle. Dallas is going to pull that out. I love seeing Pavelski come back and snipe four, too, by the way. Unbelievable. Oldest guy to score four in a playoff game or something. Yeah, after after getting knocked out. Interesting, Timo Meyer didn't play the other night either. They said it wasn't concussion reasons, but that's just so that. Well, he could. He certainly you could, could have, have your neck. You yeah, could have your back. You could his have chest was blown right through the his back. Like, but those headaches that he's those headaches that he's experiencing. <laughs> yeah. That's from when he. That's from that has nothing to do with. He's got a cold. Yes. He's got pumped him with Advil, and he still has a headache. That's not Sin- a good sign. Sinus congestion. Yeah, it's that time I, of year. You get you get a head cold. It's allergies. Yeah, loose season. <laughs> Hey, loss of memory, major, <laughs> good, major how headaches, good Carolina look John. allergies. <laughs> That's a wrap on another episode of after the whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.